that was quite Sorry, a get, you get I'm, so excited my mom my mom might be able to buy me a ps5 in 20 minutes <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Anyways, uh, all right, let's talk about... Uh, no, wait, also... I can't get back into it. Give me a second. <laughs> I gotta talk to her. I can't. She's just like hitting me up being like, I might be buying you a PS5 in 20 minutes, and I have to butter her up a little bit. She's not telling me that just because, like... Oh, man. I'm just saying, oh, my God, yes, yes, yes. Please. You have it? We got it, baby. We got it. Jerry, we got it. <laughs> Shut her down. Oh my God! How'd she get it? Where'd she get it? Where do I get Walmart. it? Walmart. My she she's on she's on she's on the special Walmart Plus thing, and she got an email. So should I go like, to Walmart and get one, or she no? Had, she ordered I, it. I, I, at first, I thought she was saying that, but uh, she she got an email like, "Oh, there's a special online I'm Walmart, on Walmart Plus. Plus. Why don't I get that? I don't know. I don't know how she found out about it. Let me try to be, buy a PS5 real quick. She wants me to call her. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm 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 recording with Matt. Um, and he started. He was he was talking. Uh, here, I'm gonna take my headphones off real quick, Matt. Yep. Um, okay, what's up? The amount. What was the dollar amount? Oh, okay. So you scared me. You made me think that maybe you'd bought one of those one of those scalpers or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's MSRP. So it's great. That's fine. Yeah, I wanna have I wanna have, I wanna have it right away. Whoa, I got a PlayStation 5. Let's go! Welcome, it's the Old Gamers Almanac. I'm Matt Martins. I'm here with Hunter Donaldson. Yeah, what's up? Hey, it's and, me. And uh, we are here to rank every single game of all time, definitively, one week at a time. Uh, this is the show <laughs> where we struggle to uh, make Matt comprehend how he even feels about video games and whether he likes them. Um, yes, this is yes, a game Matt where... is the main character. He's also joined by Hunter, just a guy that, the, off to the side. That likes games. And this that is Matt's quest. This is Matt's inner quest to understand himself and games and art. He will become bigger. He if, will. We will remake him every week, one piece at a time. If, if we were to come up with a new subtitle... Uh, for the show, it would be overthinking games with a guy who really wishes we weren't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I would call it Matt's Quest. That's that, like in an old like PC right, uh, point click adventure Police game type. Quest, yeah, Matt's, Matt's Quest. Quest. Well, today old gamers almanac. Matt's Quest. <laughs> today we're talking about Inscription, which is a hot new craze. All the kids are playing it. The newest CG. CCG from De Devolver D Digital. Uh, it's a weird uh, kind of indie game, and right off the top, it's uh, hey, this this episode's gonna have spoilers. I feel like we just have to get it out of the way. If you've heard anything about this game, you've heard that there's spoilers in it. I feel like that's like the thing that the internet knows about this game. Is the game's spoilers. dang full up on spoilers. <laughs> I would say even the title is a bit of a spoiler, and I would avoid the title. Yep. Yeah. At yeah, yeah. All you already costs. know too much. <laughs> Do not look at the title. Just click install. <laughs> click on the store page until you find this game and play it. I recommend you. Yeah. Uh, I would, so I, I listened to stuff about this game beforehand, and honestly, I wish I hadn't before playing it. So this is your, the, to, to you, viewer, who want to avoid spoilers, 
you should stop listening to this episode right now if you want to avoid spoilers about this game because it is 100% impossible to talk about it without talking about spoilers. Uh, if if you want light spoilers, we can talk about the first few hours of this game and then yeah. uh, I would stop there. But like for me, I knew I knew structural things about this game and I wish I hadn't um, going into it because I think it lessened a little bit the experience for me and my own tastes. Okay, so I think like you're a person you clicked on an episode it's called inscription so you're probably thinking you're going to get some spoilers yeah. you know what i mean like right. you're you're probably i think i think we gotta stop giving the spoiler warning sure because we're ma- we're kind of we're kind of side-eyeing the audience and making them seem that we're making them feel stupid you know yeah. what i mean they clicked on the episode right they, they should get some inscription spoilers the the reason we're doing this again this bit yeah is that this this game it's got some it's got some stuff in it. I'm just going to say stuff. I don't even <laughs> want to use a more specific word. Yep. There's some stuff in the game. You know about stuff, right? right. So yeah. stuff is in the game. And I think the stuff is best if you don't know nothing about that stuff. Right. And so you just play it. Yep. So here, this is your opportunity. If you If this sounds like... If you're like, oh, I maybe I should just play this game. A lot of people, a yeah. lot of people are playing it. Uh, I think it was Polygon's game of the year. It wasn't a very good year, though. We'll say that it wasn't very. <laughs> it wasn't a great year for games. Yeah. Um, but it it was. It, I don't know. I think it got some goaties somewhere else as well. I don't yeah. really care. I don't pay attention to that. Well, obviously I do because I love this type of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I like ranking and and numbers. Are yeah, we, we do but. this list because we're so into lists and we take them so seriously. So it's, a, it's an important aspect of all of this to you. Yeah, what I would compare it to is like this this game uh, thematically has some kind of horror element stuff in it. And if you know stuff about the horror genre, imagine like the, the core idea to like a monster movie or a horror genre is like, hey, we tease what the monster looks like uh, until uh-huh. the very end. Uh-huh. And it's kind of if if we just if we advertised the monster movie with what the monster is and what it looks like and what it does it yeah. would kind of lessen the impact of the entire horror movie. And that's a bit what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. It's a real, like, alien yeah. 1979 alien trailer where it's just, like, in space, no one can hear you scream or whatever. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? That trailer, bro? <laughs> that's a good trailer. a good trailer. We don't know how to do trailers anymore. Mm-mm. I watch a trailer for one movie, and it's like, hey, 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 here's this movie. You didn't even know it existed. Uh, it's called whatever. I don't know. It's called Spider-Man upside down this time uh, uh and it's like hey here's this movie did you know this exists and i'm like cool this exists that's great and then it's like okay how about the whole movie real quick three minutes three yep. minutes and hit you with the entire pitch. movie every little piece of the movie i'm gonna throw it at you as fast as i possibly can yeah. and then at the end of that for some reason they say but will you give us fifteen dollars to see all the in-between boring stuff? <laughs> do you want to give? Do you want to watch three minute the three minute sizzle reel yeah. of every great moment from this movie for free? Right. Okay. Or do you want to give us fifteen bucks and you get to see on top of the sizzle reel? All the you stuff get to see the boring stuff in between. <laughs> yeah. The stuff that we looked at, and we're like, well, that won't go in the trailer because that's not interesting enough. Right. Yeah. It's a visual medium, y'all. Stop giving away the whole movie. Uh, have we set this up enough? I think we've scared off the people that wanted to play this game. If you want to play this scared game, off anybody. I think everybody's anymore. just like, I think everyone listening to this right now walked in being like, we I don't care it. enough about this game. I'll just listen to these two guys talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. what happened. Well, inscription. So it's uh, it starts out as a 
kind of spooky cabin card game. You're playing a card game <laughs> against a, uh, a pair of eyes in the darkness and hands that occasionally reach out very spookily to you. Um, right off the bat, too, uh, I have to get this out of the way. The graphics are cool, like they're interesting looking sort of cool graphics, cool graphics, but even more so the sound design. Play this game with headphones on, man. Holy cow. The noises that the character sitting across the table from you makes the like, I can't even describe it. These like sort of weird guttural digital sounds with yeah. headphones enveloped like in your brain. You feel the sounds of this game. It, that, that's yeah. what immediately hooked me to this game. Yeah, it's got some cool sounds in it, cool graphics. Uh, it's a card game, so if you like cards, you're going to love this game. Okay, buy it right now. Go buy it. Uh, pretty pretty great. So as you kick it off, um, honestly, this game took me a while to like get into mechanically. It took me a while to understand what was even happening, which it shouldn't have. It's fairly actually obvious, but it like it took me a while to like track what I was doing because you sort of just start playing this card game with no context or anything but uh -huh. over a couple hands and a couple rounds it becomes apparent you're playing a roguelite a roguelite card game you 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 play until you fail and when you fail you start back at the beginning and you get your basic deck but uh the roguelite part of it is every time you fail you kind of gain a, bo a bonus that you can get in your next run so that your next run is a little bit easier. So every single time you fail, the game gets maybe a little bit easier the next time you decide to play it. Yeah. I, can we be a little more specific than that? Sure. I, th I feel like we can. So the way this card game works is uh, it's animal themed. Uh, you play animal cards. Uh -huh. And in order to play animal, uh, to play uh, the big animal cards, you got to sacrifice the little animal cards. Right. Um, and they literally like, they like quiver when you go to sacrifice them they're like scared that's like the style of this game it's like it's like a little macabre but it's uh it's very silly in its uh presentation of uh of this kind of gruesome card game that right. you're playing a little bit um and then yes like matt said uh you are sort of trying to play through a, a series of encounters um there's a little world map and you you, you have a little figurine that moves uh from uh point to point and different things happen at every point that you're at um, the goal is to finish it, which involves a series of boss fights and like there's like three different worlds yeah. or whatever. And at the end of your run, um, the guy that you're playing against, who's kind of a strange guy, he has weird eyes and he wears masks yeah. to um, be different characters. He's almost like a DM. Yeah. It's like he's DMing your card game and adding a lot of flavor to it. And he's obviously having a great time, I think. Right. Uh, he, li he likes the game. He likes to play. Uh, anyways, when you fail... Uh, he takes you into this other room, uh, and then he, I, maybe he kills you. I don't know. Um, and then he takes a picture of you, uh, and then you make a playing card out of the picture of you. Yep. Uh, and you can add, uh, some statuses to it. So this game has like full on magic, the gathering level stuff. Right. Um, cards have different abilities. The abilities cross over. You can mix and match abilities um, at various points. You have opportunities to say, like, here's an, an ability in the game I really like. Here, if we, if we get a little bit into uh, strategy, there's an ability in the game that makes it so that when a card of yours dies, it immediately reappears in your hand. It like respawns. Most of the time, when a card dies, it gets it's gone, and you right. don't you don't get to use it anymore. There's an ability that allows uh, for it to just come back in your hand, and that's fun. Uh, and I like that ability, 
And for example, let's say you're having a run and you fail. One of the ways that the game helps uh, you along is it's going to say, hey, let's make, let, we're going to take your picture, presumably kill you, I guess. Um, and then we're going to make this card. And, and it gives you these different um, abilities to choose from in making the card. So if I like the respawn ability, maybe right. I just put that on every, and on all of these, they're called death cards. Right. Um, maybe I just put that ability on all these cards and all of a sudden I got all these cards that I can get in the game that have respawn abilities. And that's great. Yeah. And and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it goes so far even that sometimes uh, you can receive one of your death cards as the card you can take modifiers from, which means like you can literally stack the improvements of some of your death card. Like in making a new death card, you're taking your already overpowered previous death card and mm-hmm. like turning it into a new, even more powerful card. Like you get these things to be pretty souped up. Now that they're still sort of dealt to you randomly once you're in the roguelite game. So you know it's not like just making the death card means it's automatically a thing you have every single run. But like sometimes you get them. So like for me. I was maybe only okay at this game. In fact, I was quite bad at it at the start, and I was failing constantly. Like, I, I barely was making it very far at all in the game because I wasn't I wasn't fully understanding um, when you're not doing battles, the little decision paths you're making, they all felt uh, just sort of random to me at first because I wasn't, I wasn't, like, honing in on it. And part of that is because um, you're sitting at this table and the thing I knew about this game is, yeah, you're playing the card game with this guy, but you're also in his cabin and there's stuff in the cabin that you can go right. do. And I became yeah. immediately more invested in the escape room of the cabin than I yeah. was in the card game. And I think, Hunter, you are you were almost the opposite. You, like, dove into the card game. I did not really... I thought I was just going to play this card game a whole bunch <laughs> and I kind of ignored the cabin a little bit. So... I played this game too long for mm-hmm. how long the game is supposed to be because I think I accidentally sunk like five extra hours into the card game at <laughs> oh the beginning, my God. which did make the game like v- the card game got very easy. Yeah. Very is the the big <laughs> V word I would use. It got very easy, Jerry. Wow. And it was got so easy that I was like, there's no way this is right. There's yeah, something wrong I'm doing wrong something here. wrong. <laughs> I'm doing something wrong. I need to start looking around this cabin more. But I just liked, I liked the card game. It kind of disappointed me that, you know, it, it's it's smart that it's set up uh, to in such a way as to where uh, if you are not good, it's like Hades, right? Yeah. So like every time you, you do a run and it doesn't work out, the game is going to get just a little bit easier. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I died enough to where it was like okay now the game has gotten to a difficulty level where i can destroy it yeah and then i just was destroying it every time um and then i just had to kind of drag myself away there's there's a lot of interesting like puzzles in the uh in the cabin there's also uh we should mention that some of the cards talk to you and seem to have personalities which is sort of where a lot of the story comes from at the beginning and it seems like you and the cards that talk are just trying to figure out how to escape this cabin and stop playing this game, right. basically. Right. Which is hilarious that your <laughs> that your reaction to that was like, but I'll just play the game though. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually like just game. really like the game. I feel like it's incredibly telling of the types of like 
gamers that we are we're like the th- i feel like the theme of this show is like well, hunter just likes the games and he just wants to play them and and i'm like i have to finish the game as fast as possible and i have to do the th- like i have to solve the puzzle and be good at it i have to be I'm, it's supposed to be that i'm good every, at it yeah yeah no i i would i would characterize it a different way um so every game that you encounter matt is a bully that is trying to push you around <laughs> and you have to prove to that game that you will not be bullied yeah. by this game and in fact you are the big boy yeah you are a big good boy and you will show the game who is boss it is you That's whereas i yeah. am just a gamer right that plays games and enjoys them it's true that's I yeah. agree with that assessment. And and this I, game's trying to bully me. And it started that way with this game, but this game did a good job of teaching me to stop doing that and to chill out a little bit because uh at, the more I was dying, uh the more I was seeing the story stuff and the more it was obvious that like, well, being good at the card game is like actually barely important to what this game is doing. Um yeah, and so true. you start just solving the puzzles and and even then it's like there's a certain degree to this first part of this game where you are on a critical path. Like, there's no way, like, with Hunter, you will get to a point where you can definitely beat the game over and over and over and over again to where you have made it pointless. Like, you you can break this game um, in how you play it. And and that is, like, the intent because the point is to get you into that next path. So maybe we can transition into what happens in this game now. Yeah. Um, Uh, Well, Matt, can I ask you about one little moment? I was just kind of curious. Did you... I don't know if this happens for everybody, but did you ever have the thing happen where he cheats and he makes you lose? Hmm. Probably not. I was quite bad at the game, especially early on. Well, I don't even know if it has to do with how good you are at the game. I just wondered if it happens to everybody because there's this thing he did to me one time early on where I was playing against one of the bosses and he just like got it. It's like his eyes turned red and he got mad. And there was like a glitchy kind of look to everything. Hmm. And then his whole side of the board was just uh, the giant bear card. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There was eight of them. And, and then I just lost, basically. Wow. Um, no, I do not think that ever happened to me. I don't remember see, that ever happening to me. I wanted to throw that out there because this game is like full of little stuff like yes, that. Like true. it's just got to, it's, it's, I feel like in talking about it, you can make it sound too concrete. This is a very playful game. Right. This game just does weird stuff for right. the heck of it. That's like true. plenty of the time, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So w- within all of that, then you are uncovering more of this room. You you discover more cards that are talking to you. And they're clearly like cards that have a relationship with each other. Like you find one in like a safe or whatever. And that's like, oh, my other friend. Okay, that, t- together we can figure this out. Well, we need to get the, we need to get our third buddy out of here. And you eventually discover there's these three characters that are all trying to get out. And they're all trying to steer you in the direction of mm-hmm. exploring things in the room. And then at a certain point, you will have gained all of the things you need to... Uh, to finish the room and then the game essentially tells you like now you need to beat the final boss like you do need to do the card game game now for me i had never beaten the final boss by the time that point happened you eventually you essentially eventually get your own little um film role so it's like oh you're gonna maybe you'll take a picture of this guy instead of the guy taking a picture of you and that's gonna mean something right if the camera kills Mm -hmm. you maybe you can kill this guy by taking a picture of him um, but it's like, but you need to beat him. You have to beat the whole game. And I had never done it before. So for me, that became the like, okay, now the hurt, like now we got to put, you know, we, we got to do a training montage of getting good at this card game. Cause I had not been doing that. But your experience was you were 
by, by the time that came up where you just like oh okay so i just need to beat it one more time i guess yeah yeah that, that was kind of <laughs> it i don't know it's like that you you if you build interesting death cards then you can reliably get a hold of them too during yeah. your runs and if the cards are good then you just have really good cards all the time um but yeah it uh one, once i solved the puzzles and finished uh the the card game part then you kind of come to this this final scene for this area and something happens you get to look around that room yeah. that you're in um that at, at the end of every run uh you're in this one room for some reason uh, -huh. uh and it's also funny whenever you lose the guy is like peeking through the door at you <laughs> for some reason have you noticed like that yeah, was like yeah really it's funny. really funny it's really like cute horror like it's like yeah. i'm a terrifying character Could, do, do you need a blanket uh, before yeah. i kill you like it's so it's a good vibe yeah so so anyways um now we're getting to, i mean now okay so we've reached the point where we can't talk about this game any further without yeah. spoiling even more of it yeah we were on the precipice of yeah. that i do want to note the hilarity of once you are in that room you were just describing like without him there anymore you can look into the corner you've always been sitting in and there is a yeah. huge pile of bodies just yeah. like all yeah. of the iterations of you that have died just sitting in the corner i wanted to know if there was there's a pile or if there's a body for every run yeah if if it actually corresponds to that or if it's just a pile it's, it's probably just a pile it's probably just a pile but essentially the the thing we didn't talk about earlier is when you load up Inscription for the, for the very first time, the main oh, yeah. title screen, there's New Game and there's Continue. And you cannot select New Game. The game loads up the very first time you've ever played it and it says, do you want to continue playing? You don't get to right. start a new game. And you're like, well, I don't... Okay, I guess I'll do that. I'll continue. And when you beat this character, who eventually is uh, explained to be a character named Leshy, L-E-S-H-Y, Leshy, uh... You, you gain access to a little thing that says new game. Do you want to start a new game now? Yeah. Um, and so after you've beaten Leshy and done all of that, and uh, you, you, you start a new game. And that takes you into what kind of the internet has agreed is, is referred to as Act 2, which is a whole new video game. It's a, it's a top-down 2D adventure RPG. It's still the card game, but... The cards are different. Uh, they're all 8-bit or like 16-bit. I get they're, they're, you know, it's it's a pixel graphics video game where you walk around this world and you challenge opponents in the card game. And as you move about the world, you collect more cards for your deck. And this time, it's not a roguelite where you just sort of get a new set and you see what comes up. Now it's like you gain cards that you will always have forever and you get to cultivate a deck of at least 20 cards for your playthrough you know make it what you want it's it's a hearthstone it's a magic the gathering create your deck and play this collectible card game uh in this adventure world yeah um i would say one one key difference of the card game from act one to act two is act one it feels like all the cards are are of a of a piece as if you're just playing uh like in hearthstone uh terms it would be like you're just playing with one type of deck yeah one warrior that is like deck. the yeah, I'm playing as like a ranger with yeah. the ranger deck or whatever. Um, or if, if Magic the Gathering terms, it would be like a, I'm playing a... Actually, I don't know Magic the blue. Gathering that I'm well. I'm playing but a just blue playing deck. Just playing a specific type of deck. Right. Whereas once you get to Act 2, it sort of says, okay, well, now there's four different types of decks and you can mix them around as much as you want, which is where the fun comes in. Uh, and so I would say in a way, in Act 2, it feels like the game gets a... a it gets more complex by like a like 
an entire uh, degree of magnitude. Like right. it's just much bigger right. now, the game, as far as what cards are available, what the cards do, how the cards interact with each other. It's much more complicated in yeah. Act 2. Um, but the structure of Act 2 is significantly more simple, where where Act 1 is like this mystery and this escape room, and like it's really intriguing you. Uh, Act 2 is like an incredibly straightforward, there are four hub areas. Play the four hub areas, defeat the four hub area bosses, and uh, you will presumably win the video game. And yeah. there's little tiny mysteries strewn about, kind of, but I would say it's it's a pretty straightforward path that you play on. You 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 Im immediately get access to two different worlds and those two worlds are essentially you realize like an amalgamation. Hunter, you said it was like you were playing one deck, but there's sort of elements of the second. There's basically the blood deck where you kill animals to sure. play new yeah. animals and then there's like the bone deck where you play based off of the things the cards that have been destroyed previously like when a card dies you get a little bone token and the more right. bone tokens you can get so those are actually two different types of decks and then you reveal there's a technology deck that plays off of um, battery like almost exactly like um, hearthstone where you gain a mana per turn so turn one you have one mana turn two you have two mana and it just grows right. throughout the entire game and then eventually you reveal a fourth deck that's like this arcane deck that i never got my head fully wrapped around but it's basically you can play these uh, like orb cards, these like sigil cards, and having one of those in your uh, play area lets you then play other cards that interact with those sigils. Um, I found those way harder to incorporate into like kind of a, a global deck, as it were. Like if mm -hmm. I'm going to take all four and combine them, I didn't find a good way to use those, but I did very quickly find like a pretty broken deck that I was able to use for almost the entire run of Act 2. Yeah, what so what was what was your broken deck thing? Like what so how did, how did that work? The beginning of Act Two, you choose a deck um that you want to mm. start with. And I chose technology because at that point it just seemed cool, but also I was trying to play some thematic stuff and what what ends up being revealed is the three cards that were characters in Act One are characters in this overworld, and Leshy is one of these four scribes. And mm -hmm. um the uh, the stoat, the very first card you get, the first one that's like, we got to break out of here, uh, that ends up coinciding with the technology deck. And so I was like, well, that's kind of like my, that's like my main buddy, my stoat. My my, so I'm going to play with their deck because they're the ones that actually want to like break all this stuff wide open and do more. So that's why I chose the tech deck. And starting with the tech deck, I, I struggled with it for a, a little bit because I don't think the tech cards are actually that powerful until you start to combine them with other stuff but my deck looked like um as many free to play cards as possible just stuff to just like mm -hmm. fill up my entire board um and uh those cards having enough health where i could just not have the opponent do any damage to me personally they were only doing damage to my uh cards on the board and then eventually i would draw one of these super powerful animal cards that's like this sasquatch where you have to wipe your entire board you kill four cards on your deck and you get to put him down but he's a seven seven you only have to deal five damage to your opponent to win the game well it's, it's right. sort of five damage it, it kind of goes back it's like on a scale but essentially five damage so the way my thing worked is 
I survived until I drew my Sasquatch, and then I f f very, very easily filled up my entire board, killed the entire board, played the Sasquatch, and did a one-hit KO. And it was like, it's like right. what, in Magic, I think that's how green decks work, where it's just like, little minions, little minions, little minions, one huge one for the finishing move. And that's kind of how right. my whole thing worked. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't find a card like that. Um, I, I mostly just played like, I would say pretty normal tech cards. And yeah. if I just saw something that was like outside of that, I, I had the exact same logic as you, by the way, I picked tech because I liked the stoat yeah. from act one. So I was like, that's my buddy. I want to, I want to do tech stuff. What's interesting is in act two, you kind of find out that your stoat buddy is kind of a, a little more of a bad boy, yeah. a little bit of a naughty guy, <laughs> um, compared to the other three scribes, uh, yeah. in act two. Um, but yeah, I, at this point, I don't know if I want to just like keep describing every aspect Everything of the game for sure. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to completely spoil the rest of it. It, it is, there's kind of two dimensions to this game. There's the card mechanics, which are really great. Um, and then there's the story. Yes. Matt, how did you feel about the story of inscription? So, because the story is very, like we have not described the story at all, at all, right. not even one iota. I would say I didn't connect wildly with the story. I got very in my head about um, the, me the mechanics of the game and like like in a in a video games as capital A art sort of way. I was thinking about this game a lot of like, what are these mechanics saying about the history of games? And the story is just sort of this thing that was happening in the background for me. And it's like, yeah, OK, that's kind of like filler context. But I was not investing myself into the story very much at all. So like, well, why why do you feel that? Like, why why did you not get invested with it? Um. So so what happens in between Act One and Act Two is uh, you get you you basically open up this file that is a bunch of um, video recordings, and in like a, a full on like actually filmed, there is an actor. It's not CG. It's like we, we're watching a. a a camera record he's like a this. youtuber he's like a yeah. he's like a card gamer youtuber that opens card packs and talks about card strategy and stuff and um i think right away i just saw the writing on the wall because this game has horror elements and it was like okay this guy's gonna like go through some shit like the the, the story of this game is gonna be this guy like the inscription's spooky and and that it sort of starts telling that right away and so i was just like okay this is just sort of like fun context and i'll i'll watch the videos and that's that's goofy fun uh, it's not taking anything away, but to me, it wasn't adding anything um, until much, much later. Um, by the time, and by the time it started really introducing stuff that like matters a lot more to like what this, what story this game is trying to tell, uh, I I realized I hadn't been paying close enough attention until it was too late, kind of thing. Whoa, that's surprising. I mean, because there's there's not really that much, there's not really that much to this. So so most of the time when you so the thing that this. This game does that I think is really interesting. It kind of pulls a similar thing to her story. Yeah. If you've ever played her story, which is that your perspective, what you are playing as is kind of like a neat trick because right. basically what you are playing as is someone actually, it's kind of unclear. It's sort of like you're playing a recording mm -hmm. of inscription. Right. And, and this guy, Luke, is recording the game while you play it. Right. And, and the, reason I, the reason I say that is because there are times where he talks, yeah. which might spook you if you don't know that. Like, <laughs> sometimes that. something will happen and he'll be like, oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what? Who is that? Is that me? <laughs> Why am I saying stuff? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is as you go, uh, the camera, which is your perspective, is this camera, 
sometimes it runs out of batteries. Yeah. And uh, whenever it does that, uh, the cam you have to restart the camera, whoever you are in this game world. Luke. I don't even really know who you are, basically. Yeah. Um, you are starting the camera, and then you look at uh, a series of video clips just like kind of off the SD card on this camera. Right. And that's how you get little bits of story about Luke, who really likes this actual card game that exists in real life called Inscription. But then he like opens a pack, and one of the cards has like a latitude longitude written on it yeah and he goes there and that's where he finds the game the digital yeah. version of inscription that you are playing yeah it's very meta right. this game right the story of this game it, it's it's wild it, i would describe it as uh kind of uh has kind of charlie kaufman vibes to yeah. me right. of just being kind of outside the the bounds of the game itself because the game is mostly i mean mechanically when we just talked about it for like 30 minutes it's just a card game, right. you know? <laughs> it is just a card game. And and yeah, so the, the story evolves of he he calls the company that makes Inscription or made Inscription or whatever and is like, did you guys make a video game? And they're like, <laughs> no, we didn't. And give us that right now. Whatever you found, right. that's yeah. ours and you need to give it to us or we will do legal action against you. And that's where like the sort of horror thriller thing kicks in for Luke's story is like, whoa, they're they're like coming to my house. They want this thing. Yeah. And you start learning more about, like, one of the developers of this team. Um, and eventually you... Uh, what, what, what Do we, do we want to, like, kind of transition into Act 3 just so we can start, like, wrapping up all of what this game is, I guess? Well, so so I want to try and be a little more... A, a, a little ambiguous talking about ending type stuff. Yep. I would... The way I would describe what ends up happening with this game... I like, I like to the point that you got us, Matt, with talking yeah. about Luke's story. The game itself, though, starts acting like it is trying to hide and uh, yeah. obfuscate stuff. Uh, and that is hard for me to explain to you. Yes. You should really play this game. Right. I don't know. If you made it this far, like, you should probably play it. Because <laughs> it's just, it's a game that's hard to talk about without yeah. just saying exactly what it is. And most of the experience is finding out is what's going that. on with this game. Or right. at least that's what it was to me. I feel like for you, it was not quite about finding out what is going on with this game. No, is that, to, is that correct? I is think it that more is about correct. the cards for you? No, it's not about the cards for me. It's about the exploration of mechanics for me. For me, this game really has like interesting things to say about like the nature of uh, getting good at a game and what what kind of like it it approaches that from different angles. It approaches the idea of investing yourself in a game and playing it until it's like your whole thing your whole shtick is playing this game it investigates like that personality trait in a few different ways it, it investigates different styles of games like act one is like a roguelite and has the structure of a roguelite act two is the structure of like an adventure rpg act three is more like a dark souls like checkpoint you know, pick up all of your advancements along the way kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I just think it was saying really interesting things about games where I wasn't investing myself in the story, the actual plot of Inscription itself. I was investigating the, like, meaning behind <laughs> Inscription as a game amongst games. Yeah, I I feel like, well, okay. So if you had to give, if you had to put your, because I feel like you're want, you're 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 wanting to go all the way, and I want you to, <laughs> if you were to put your art critic, yeah, uh, hat on, Matt, and tell me, get big, buddy, okay. go deep, <laughs> don't don't 
Don't shy away from it. Go hardcore. Blow our minds, Matt. Let's all sit down <laughs> not in our blow little your mind, children. This game is investigating collectible card games. You know, all the context is like, oh, this guy is like really into collectible card games. And it's like this idea of you can play a game enough times and learn it like roguelites. The point of a roguelite is to play it enough times and fail enough times that you become overpowered that now it's trivial to play. Right. That, that's that's I think that's the like core distinction between a rogue like and a rogue light and maybe i've been saying mm -hmm. the wrong one but like a, a rogue light you don't you don't get anything to carry over right and then a rogue like um, you have the things that carry over and that's like the distinction i think i don't know doesn't matter the that's the distinction i'm making though is the idea that you're doing just like a run over and over but your runs are easier every time you do them and um it's less about you getting good at the game and more the game simplifying itself for your tastes and your abilities. And Leshy's Cabin is very much this idea of just like, Leshy just likes this game and just wants you to play it with him and just keep playing the game with him and just do that. And then Act 2 is like the deck building, the magic, uh, the gathering thing where it's like, if you can find the right cards, you can make the deck completely overpowered. And if you, if you think about it enough and you cultivate a deck that is strong enough then the game is trivialized and it is too easy it's it's again not like your amazing strategic ability to play the exact right card at the right time because that's not how card games work when you deal a hand of a card game you're still getting random things from your deck it's just how decent how cultivated is your deck at providing a certain outcome and that's the sort of skill that card games ask of you so act two is very much that and then act three the whole narrative of it is like your opponent that's facing you the whole time during act three is like, get good scrub. Like, come on, let's go. Let's do this. Be better. Be better. Be better. It's like very dark souls mentality. Oh yeah. 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 Get the dark souls people. Get them. No, no, no. no. Uh, that's not them, even, it's not a criticism. It's, it's, that's like, that's what the storyline of it is. That's what the computer <laughs> is saying to you the whole time during act three is like, well, if you were better, you wouldn't have failed at that. Like, let's go, come on, get, get better at this. And in, in lockstep with that is the structure of act three. Like, you are left, you are stuck with every decision you make along the way. There's no reset. There's no shuffling out your deck and bringing in new stuff. You can make small, tiny adjustments to your deck over mm -hmm. time, but you get what you get and you need to get good at the game in, in Act right. 3. You have to actually, it is a more balanced game where mm -hmm. you can't find broken combos as easily and you have to just get good at it. And yeah. so I feel like that's like the arc of all three of the games is like here's all the, the different ways you can get invested into a card game and we're exploring that idea mechanically yeah it's like in act three the game gets uh, a lot crunchier and less like silly in the swinginess of it yep um which i don't know i feel like uh i feel like pe i could see people being like i don't like that that that's not as fun to me mm -hmm. i kind of appreciated it once yeah. once you got to act three it was kind of like it, it was nice that the game was sort of just it didn't it didn't feel as silly and easy to break anymore yes. it just felt like a crunchy uh crunchy card game where it was just like you got to make the right move otherwise you lose yes also the bosses in act three are really fun and they do silly internet stuff yeah, like yeah. there's one i'll spoil that makes you play against your friends list <laughs> um i don't even know how to describe that any better than i just did yeah it's a cool game yeah cool it, stuff it does really it. fun meta stuff all over the board there's a lot more we could spoil but we definitely will not because they're just they're too good of moments to have come up but like this game once and, and to go even further into that like 
there's a whole ARG that happens that you can get invested in with this game. I didn't even know about it. Hunter, you told me about it. And there's people online. Like, you can go onto, like, Reddits and forum posts and stuff of people trying to uncover this ARG. So this game is invested in all of those different sorts of puzzles, right? It is it is incorporating, like, tons of different types of puzzle design into its, like, thesis or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a goofy, weird game with a lot of stuff going on underneath uh, and up front. Um... I don't know, Matt, Matt, how much, how how did you, how did you feel about um, the game as a game? And then how did you feel about the game as, uh, as a piece of art? And which do you feel like you like more in thinking about it? You like it better as a game and you like better as this, like, this, like, puzzle artifact thing. I don't, I don't think I can parse that because like when I think of games as art, like it, obviously the mechanics of the game are intrinsic to what the what the game wants to say so Mm. i mean it's it's not a game i have actually any interest in replaying i had the experience of playing it and that is enough like that you know if if i wanted to replay this game i would have to erase the game from my mind to then re-experience what the game wants to put me through if i just replayed this game it would take me five hours and it would be like a wash Uh, i mean probably it'd take longer than five hours but it, it would just not be the same feeling invoked at all because I know all the all the points it's going to hit. It'd be like just rereading a book and you can kind of get some enjoyment out of it, but it's it's some of that is just nostalgia and, and whatnot. So I, I think hmm, that's interesting. the game as a whole worked really, really well for me and, and made me feel a certain way and made me think things that I'm still trying to unpack after the fact. And when I play other games, I go, oh, this reminds me of like a thing Inscription did. And I wonder what that... Like, what is Inscription trying to say about that? And it's it's a game I'm going to keep thinking about is is sort of my my vibe on it. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think that it's probably time for us to get into the ranking yeah. portion. Can, can I ask you one one question before we do oh, that? Oh, no, because no, no, you can't. <laughs> you were more invested in the story, and I, and I feel like um, without spoiling it, maybe you could sort of give an idea of, like, I guess story-wise what this game is trying to to say like what what elements it's trying to invoke or do you want to go there hmm um i think that i i could keep it uh i could keep it real ambiguous and try and uh say what i think this game is about um i think uh, i personally think that this is the type of game where you got to play it and figure yeah figure, figure out what yourself. it means to you like it was interesting hearing your interpretation of it matt because it was very difficulty focused because you're a very difficulty focused right. person you talked so much about you know, like what each act represented as far as mechanically how what difficult it was. Yeah. Yeah. What is the challenge of it? Because like I said, you see every game as a bully that's going to try and bully <laughs> you. And then you have to prove yourself to the bully um, and beat him down. Uh, I do not see games in the same way. I saw this more as a game about um, dist- distraction and escapism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for example, Leshy uh, in Act 1. Uh, seems very devoted to playing this game over and over, even though he sort of like kills you at the end. Yeah. Uh, and and it, he has a weird like like determined. I'm just into this game kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, and I find that as some of the story events unfold later. Yeah. Um, I feel like there is a very strong theme of playing games as a way to escape from things you might be going through right dark stuff right. essentially and playing uh, games as a, a way to sort of bury 
uh, difficult feelings or difficult thoughts uh, underneath. Yes. Um, I, I found that to be uh, a really strong aspect of the game. And I think it's one of the reasons that I found the story uh, so interesting and moving. It's just that the way that the story is presented is, I mean, they're using every, every meta trick in the right. book right. Uh, in, in, in indie games anyways, um, which is great. Uh, and I like that uh, Inscription is a game. I think you can, you could play it on a very surface level or you could start, really getting into the nitty gritty of it, the details of the story of the game. Uh, and I think that's what people have done that have discovered this ARG yeah. that was living inside of the game. Um, there are little clues here and there that you would then have to kind of detective style apply to uh, not only just like the things you're seeing in the game, but even like the files of the right. game. Um, and it's very interesting too, because Inscription might be the only game I can think of that canonically works in its sale to the Steam page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is a part of the game of Inscription. I yeah. don't know how to explain that any better, but it is the only game I've ever seen that where one of the plot elements reveals to you why you were able to purchase it on uh -huh. steam like that's so cool right and that's why the, the it's stuff like that that makes this game really really cool um i would say my review of this game is come for the card game stay for the weird meta story yeah the weird stuff say. all the stuff we referenced that's in it come for the card yeah. game stay for the stuff <laughs> yeah okay well let's try to rank this puppy up against the 20 best games of all time according to our list which are as follows celeste super mario brothers 3 halo combat evolved quake papers please hyperlight drifter crusader kings 3 halo 3 mass effect 3 mass effect 2 outrun metroid dread donkey kong country 3 final fantasy 7 sonic the hedgehog Oof. mass effect 1 solar ash halo 2 and war of the monsters I didn't. I hadn't noticed before that Final Fantasy VII is underneath Donkey Kong Country Three. That is like <laughs> so troubling. That's so. Anyways, uh, where do you want to start, <laughs> every, Matt? Every episode now is you realizing something on this list is like really. I just feel jank. like I hadn't really noticed that, but that's like God. That's so messed up. That Donkey Kong Country Three is a better game. Yeah. Than Final Fantasy VII. No, screwed that it's up. So ridiculous. Um. Okay. Where do we want to start with Inscription? Uh. I feel. I feel like this is, I mean, this game was kind of a de facto goatee in a year that wasn't mm -hmm. that good for games. Right. I, I think it's very interesting. It is, to me, a game I would I would put in with, uh, it really reminded me a lot of the feeling I got playing Her Story in yeah. like 2013 or 2014, whenever that came out. Right. Which was that very cool, uh, interesting experience that I will remember for a long time. Uh, like you said, Matt, I agree that it doesn't have a lot of replayability um, for different reasons, though, because I think the card game is replayable. I mean, you could yeah, play the card game and absolutely. still experience it mechanically. I just mean that like once I now that I know what the story is, I feel like I don't really care to go back mm -mm. because the story is built off of tiny little details, just like a little bit at a time. Yeah. Uh, and it might be cool to replay it and no knowing as that drip is coming through like oh i know exactly what this has to do with the overall story right. that might be a little fun but i think overall i i'm i'm feeling kind of middle-ish yeah. with it i was thinking about starting the conversation somewhere with no intention of understanding if it was going to go higher or lower 
Um, I really mm-hmm. do not have any idea where this game is going to start, but I want to make sure that we kind of talk. Ab- I-, I wanted to talk about Papers, Please and this game a little bit. Because to me, okay. they're they're both like very like story centric, like the mechanics reinforce the story of the game kind of. And so mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm curious where you I mean, do you think Papers, Please is definitely a better game than Inscription or? or yes. Yeah. Yes. hundred like, uh, percent. Uh, parse that out for me. Um, Papers, Please. Uh, well, um, no, uh, no, you parse it out. You're the one. No, that I can't. Papers, I don't know. I, talk I'm, about. I, I, I'm <laughs> trying to suss out like how I feel about this. I mean, is I, is I, Papers, I, Please I a better story? Papers, Please is a more um okay so papers please is story and game as one yes, right right inscription is game and then story context yes. and then game and then story context That's and true. the game i feel like at its best the game of inscription serves as like an analogy for the thematic yeah. story that is being told that's at its best though right and like mostly the card game and the story i feel like they don't they don't quite sync up one to one in the way that Papers Please is a perfect yeah. like. Here is this story of this guy. Everything you do is is about reinforcing that story and keeping that story in your brain and right. in your mind. But you could play, you know. I mean, I played Inscription for hours and even realized there was going to be a story outside <laughs> of the card game. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I played it for five hours, completely oblivious to most of the stuff that we've talked about as far as the story content in the game. Yeah, yeah. So that's not necessarily a weakness, but it's a difference. And I find Papers, Please to be stronger. Papers, Please is like a modern classic. Inscription is yeah. like, I don't know. It, it's just an, an interesting game. Idea. It's like, yeah. it's it, it really, I don't know. Her story. It's, it's like that. Where it's like, wow, what a cool experiment. This was like kind of mind-blowing to play. Mm-hmm. Don't think I ever need to play it again. I will remember it. But it isn't like one of the greatest games of all time to me. Right. Um, boy, just looking at this list, it doesn't make any sense to like, <laughs> I'm just thinking about how low Final Fantasy seven is and like, knowing it doesn't matter, like doesn't knowing matter. that Final Fantasy seven is uh, better for you than inscription. I mean, that's, that's like, obviously got to be the case. I mean, True, but that's, but that's not how that that's, that's not how we should figure out where to put it on the list. Yeah. Um, because then Final Fantasy seven will just get involved in every conversation. Sure. Um, and remember, you're an FF7 hater, so no, that's why it's no, where it is. Don't you you're dare label it. You I do it. not. You, hate you it. are gonna dox you hate me, it? That's sir. Why it's where it is. <laughs> um, I got. I got. Uh, is it okay if I talk? Yeah, I got please. a suggestion. Go. Um, what if we start with it above? Okay, this is a new game that came out last year. Yeah. Do you like Metroid Dread better? Do you Ooh. like this better? Okay, twenty 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 one Goaty. Only between these two games. Inscription uh-huh. versus Metroid Dread. I think, uh, personally, I think I liked Inscription more. Yeah, I think me Metroid too. Dread was really good, and it's it's the story of Metroid Dread continues to perplex me because like people that people love Metroid Dread, like people go nuts for Metroid Dread, mm-hmm. um, even with the context of like you and I just felt like it was a a sort of half echo of all the games that came before it and it's like oh yeah it's pretty it's pretty good but when compared to all the others you know it doesn't feel like it's bringing anything new to the table um and i feel like a lot of other people didn't feel like didn't have that same critique that we did 
Um, mm-hmm. But Inscription, at the very least, like feels wholly new to me. Like it, it is a yeah. new thing that I got to experience and it brought new thoughts into my brain. Metroid Dread never brought like a new thought into my brain besides like, oh, I guess my dad's a bird. Hmm, that's weird. I guess my dad's a bird. That's weird. That's the story of Metroid <laughs> Dread right there as summarized by Matt Martins. Oh, I guess my dad's a bird. That's weird. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I just I just think Inscription was a much more interesting playthrough mm-hmm. than Metroid Dread. Um, I mean, my goatee last year would be Resident Evil 8. Sure. I mean, that game, that right. game rules, but we haven't covered that. Yep. Um, but between these two, yeah, I think I, I think I would I would give it to Inscription. Yeah. Just just I don't know. It It's so it's so out there. It makes it difficult to to compare to other games in this way. Um, so I think we've we've. We put it above Metroid Dread. How right. much further can it go? I yeah. wonder. I, I I don't think. I don't know that it's as cool as Outrun, but what is? You know. Right, and it has zero legacy. But also, I feel like Outrun can Out, Outrun can take the hit because Outrun. You know, I mean. But to to your point earlier, though, of like this is like a game. This is a goatee in a year of not good games. I don't think Inscription's gonna have any kind of legacy. Like I don't. I I hmm. think three years from now we'll barely be talking about Inscription in any meaningful way. It doesn't define a genre. It doesn't bring in anything. It just sort of tells an interesting, you know, semblance of stories within the mechanics. But like. At the end of the day, it is also still just a couple of card games that you break very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I think I will definitely be looking to Daniel Mullen's uh next game and I yeah. will be excited for it. Right. I hope that it won't it won't look super similar to inscription. Because what happened to me with uh I keep bringing up that game Her Story, because I feel like my my feeling about this game is really similar to how I felt about Her Story, mm-hmm. which was I was like, Oh, that was interesting. What what a cool game. I don't know if I feel like it's an all-time game yeah. or like cuz it has zero replayability uh and was just this interesting surprising like almost experiment. Yeah. And then I was like I think the name of the her story person is Sam Barlow. I think that might be right. Okay. Um and then a uh, new game is announced from Sam Barlow. Uh it was called like Telling Lies or something like that and it looked so similar to her story that I was mm. like, "Huh, well, I, I don't mean- think I'm going to I might play it eventually, but I was kind of just like, eh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Yeah. And the same thing could happen here. If the next game from, you know, Daniel Mullins is uh, inscription-ish looking, right. I might be like, well, but I sort of already know what that trick is, yeah, exactly. you know? Exactly. And I don't need to see that trick, but more and slightly different. Um, so I don't know. Um, I, I could see it not going any farther and that would be okay. Obviously, uh, Outrun is one, one of my darlings on this list, but... I don't think it's really right. Well, in looking ahead too, I don't really see any reason to go above either of the Mass Effect two or threes. Like I, I no, I, uh, it's not going above that. So it's like it's either above or below Outrun, and I don't, I just don't really feel it going above Outrun. And also, I, I also kind of just like the idea that twenty twenty one. So far, our twenty twenty one games on this list are right next to each other, and they're not in the top yeah. ten. <laughs> I like that. Twenty twenty one was not a top ten year of gaming. No, no, not not at this not at this stage that we're at. Um, okay, so it looks like Inscription will go in at number twelve, pushing Metroid Dread down to thirteen, and so on and so on. We've got twenty games on the list. This now. is the twenty. Yeah, I think I said twenty earlier, but this is this this is episode twenty one. I forgot that we were missing one. So yeah, we have now we have the best twenty games of all time. We did it. The best twenty games of all time, and in last place down there is War of the Monsters, <laughs> getting low lonely down there at the yeah. bottom. Yeah. 
Um, every week we're just pushing War of the Monsters further and further down. If only there was a way for us to get War of the Monsters, maybe a little buddy down there, you know, a fun little buddy down there with War of the Monsters. Well, I think we should start working on that. Yeah, we've got Getting a little treat Monsters for everybody because we've already both played Sonic Adventure 1 for the Sega Dreamcast. So I can guarantee you that next week's episode will be Sonic Adventure 1. And uh, that game left a lot of groans and grumbles <laughs> in Hunter and I's bellies. <laughs> Yeah, so get excited. Uh, I want to fly high. Uh, and various other uh, songs from Sonic Adventure. Yeah, you're th we're in the middle of our Sonic season where we do uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 on Genesis and then Sonic Adventure 1. Yeah. We said we were going to do Sonic Colors. I don't even know if we want to because I'm really burnt out on Sonic at this point, y'all. Sonic um, Adventure 1 is so bad it made us stop playing Sonic is what the storyline so is going to be. It's so rough. Uh, Sonic doesn't even eat a chili dog on the beach. He hangs out on the beach and fails to eat a chili dog. I guarantee you they tried to get a chili dog into uh -huh. that Dreamcast. And they just couldn't do it. Yeah. They were like, they needed too ooh. many polygons for it. You can't make a chili dog that small. Oh, man. And the people in Sonic Adventure 1, they just stand there. They just my stand favorite, there. My favorite point, because we're not going to talk about this next week, but my favorite point of watching you play Sonic Adventure is there's a there's like a there's like a, a statue of a guy with his arms out and he's just standing there in front of a building and he's just yeah. a statue you can pick up and carry around. And at one point you go inside a, a shop and there's a guy that looks exactly like that and he's standing exactly the same way and right, you try right. to pick him up as well because there's <laughs> absolutely no way to delineate the difference between those two models because they're both just right. so rigid and useless. Yeah, they have like three people, yeah. basically, to populate this city with. And for some reason, the the portly gentleman guy mm -hmm. model, mm -hmm. they also made into a statue that you can throw into the sewers, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, really excited about Sonic Adventure next time. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone that listened to this uh, considers playing Inscription. Yep. Uh, it, will, uh, it will surprise you. Um, well, I mean, not if you listen to this whole episode, maybe yeah. it won't, but I, I, we saved enough. I think we yeah. saved enough to where even once you get to the, the end, oh, you know what? Without spoiling it, Matt, yeah. what did you think of the actual ending, the final moment of inscription? Uh, what did you like? Did you uh, like it? To be totally honest? No, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Uh, the last, yeah. the last 10 or so minutes started to feel like just okay get me through all right i get it i know what the tr i know what we're doing now just like all right get me out of here come on all right let's go yeah. let's go let's go hurry it along it didn't help that uh i was trying to binge finish this game and it was uh 3:30 <laughs> a.m. like i i, I at 2:30 2 2 a.m. or 2:30 or so i was like i feel like i'm really close to the end here so let me just go ahead and knock it out and then there was like an hour and a half to 2 hours more video game left for me to sort of get through I want like a super cut of all the times Matt has said like in any ways I was trying to get through it really fast. I was just like trying to push through. Listen, just the I game am a to Sonic boy. I gotta go fast. It's the He's only way I know fast. how to play these video games. Yeah, he doesn't like it when the game has more stuff at the end. He likes it when the game feels like it's over and then it's over. Matt wants a game that ends faster than you expect it to. <laughs> Matt wants a game that feels like it might be 20 hours, but it ends on hour eight. Yeah, you know, it's like, perfect. oh, yay, it's already over because Matt doesn't enjoy these games. They're just potential bullies that he has to prove wrong. Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamer's Almanac, produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. 
Music by Night Corey. <laughs>